0: You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. So, something had happened to Israel. Some unspecified disaster had struck the nation as it was ready to cross into the promised land. This was the moment that they had dreamed about, this is the moment that they had waited for, and now it was all in doubt. Now, the parents of this group had followed Moses out of Egypt. They had been a part of the Red Sea miracle, but they rebelled against God. And the Lord had promised they would never see the land. But Moses, their leader, interceded for them. And he knew that in order for them to get across, they would need the strength, the power, and the grace of God. So let's forward now to 2020. We've been struck with COVID-19. We've been struck with racial upheaval. And we know that America has rebelled against God in a big way. And now we need Him to help us. And so I want you to know that there is hope. Moses penned a beautiful psalm that was meant to bring calm to his people, and by extension, all future believers. And so he knew that when the chips were down, by understanding God's nature, that we could face uncertain times, even when things were really scary. And so through this psalm, I want you to know that you can face the future, because God has always been. God always will be. And you can face your future, and your troubles can be overshadowed by the amazing, eternal nature of God. And so the psalm we're going to look at together is Psalm 90 beginning in verse 1. And so if you have a Bible nearby or a device to get with you, you can turn there with me, Psalm 90. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4. And you can follow along on the screen as well. We're in a series called Who is God? And we land now on this amazing doctrine of the eternal nature of God. Now, the superscription tells us that Psalm 90 is a prayer of Moses, the man of God. And this makes this writing date about the time of Deuteronomy. It is the oldest psalm. And in it, Moses describes God's timeless, all-knowing personhood and relishes the fact that he is absolutely in control. So, let's begin in verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, Return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. So these four amazing verses help us understand the eternality of God. But before we go any further, let's define the doctrine. The eternal nature of God, according to Richard Strauss, is this. It is that God is without beginning or end. He is free from the succession of events. He is sufficient in Himself. And that's a good Definition And it helps us because our fleeting troubles begin to disappear when we understand this eternal nature of God. This doctrine is truly amazing. And so firstly, as you grapple with current events, I want you to understand this. And this is the first point I want to talk about. And that is, the eternal nature of God means that He has no beginning. He has no no end. And this is really a difficult truth for us to get our minds around because everything in our existence does have a beginning and an end, but not God. He never started. He'll never be finished. He will always be. And Moses reminds us of this truth in verses 1 and 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. These first few verses paint a picture of the incredible disparity that exists between an eternal God and finite human beings. They aren't the same thing. The psalmist acknowledges that God is our eternal dwelling place. In the Hebrew, that is a protecting shelter. And He has been for all generations because He never started. And the timeless nature of God is noted in these words, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Somehow God stands above time and He sees it all at once. All events Past, current, future are all a part of his present consciousness. And that should bring us incredible hope because God isn't like us. He's so far above us. Now, you don't have any idea what tomorrow will bring. But God does. He knows. He knows when this virus Will be defeated. He knows when school will start. He knows when you'll find a job. He knows how that next chemo treatment will go. He knows who you're going to marry. And it's all meant the reason Moses is writing this is to comfort you, the believer. Because Moses is shepherding Israel through a really difficult time. They were about to spring over the Jordan into this scary promised land that was indwelled by all of these huge enemies and in the same way as we face this difficult time that we are in right now these words can comfort you and in order to understand this hope we must believe in the eternality of God that he has no beginning and he has no end so secondly The eternality of God helps you get context for the length and importance of our lives. It helps bring context to the life we live right now. And I can explain by looking at verses 3 and 4. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. And so one of the things that Moses, the psalmist, stresses here is how quickly life passes by. And we often talk about this, don't we? We we talk about how quickly time goes. Five times the psalm mentions the word days, four times the word years. And even the longest life imaginable, a thousand years, is incredibly brief. In comparison to the eternal nature of God, the images that Moses uses to express the brevity of life in 4 through 6 are a watch in the night, a flood, a dream, and grass. Grass is probably the most fleeting of all. The prophet Isaiah liked that metaphor. And in Isaiah 40, verses 6 through 8, this is what he says All flesh is grass. And all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. And so when you start to think that you're really important, or that the world around you is all you can see, this doctrine is incredibly humbling. Because you and I don't last very long. This eternal this, this temporal existence we have is short. But that doesn't mean that you're insignificant. It doesn't mean that at all. You are very important to God. The days you live on this earth are incredibly meaningful. And important, but we must understand that there are limits to that. The value comes because you are made in the image of God. But what the short nature of our lives does teach us is a couple of things. First, it is foolish to live for self, there's just a foolishness that goes along with making yourself the center of the universe when Actually, God is the eternal one. And the awareness of how short your lifespan really is leads to a sincere prayer of how much you need God. And that's what Moses is pointing to here. Because without God, you can't accomplish anything of eternal value. And if you look down at Psalm 90, verse 10, we see Moses elaborate here. The years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone, and we fly away. So, let me ask you a question. Why would you trade your soul for a life that lasts maybe 90 years, if you're lucky? Why would you spend your time building treasure that isn't going to last? And why are you pretending that you're going to live forever? Why are you afraid to look at your own mortality? Because when you do look at your mortality, then you can embrace the purpose of your life. Knowing that it's not very long, you can spend it glorifying God. And you won't waste a moment. And so, first, this idea of understanding the short nature of our lives helps us understand that it's foolish to live for self. The second thing that happens is this, is that current events are temporary and don't define your present or future. And you understand this point when you understand how short our lives are. And so no matter what's happening around you, current events don't need to define you. It's not this life that will define your eternal future. And again, it's God's eternality that overshadows all of our fleeting troubles. And sure, the the world is a mess. There's no doubt about that. But one day it will dissolve into this perfect plan of God. There's no doubt that violence and immorality are all too common. But soon all of that will just die away. And one day Jesus will return. Jesus will judge righteously. And we will know then if we have spent our time wisely. If we have put our treasure where it belongs. And that's why it's so important to embrace this understanding of the eternal nature of God. It's because then you can understand that living for yourself is foolishness. It's then that you can understand that your life is temporary, and so that you won't be wasting it on things that don't last. And as events change so dramatically around you, and and trouble emerges, it's helpful to remember that God is eternal, and he sees your entire life, every part of your life equally. He sees all of time, but yet he can reach in and act within time, and that's incredibly comforting to me because I know that though God is over time, God is outside of time, God can reach within time and he can do whatever he wants. and He's not aloof, and he's not uncaring. Now, one belief system or theological system that many believers fall into unconsciously most of the time is something called deism. And deism is this idea that God created everything and then kind of stood back And let it all happen. It's often compared to a watchmaker that winds up the watch and then sticks it on a shelf. And it just kind of goes about its business. But that's not true at all of God. God is deeply involved in his creation. God is involved in time though he is outside of time. And that means he cares for you. He he loves you. And you can trust him because none of these events that are happening around us surprise him at all. He is Lord over everything. He is Lord over time. And so this doctrine of God's eternality means that he has no beginning or end. It means that we can put our lives in perspective, that they are short. And so living for our own selfish gain is foolishness. And putting our treasure In something temporal is also foolish, but it also means that God is deeply involved with our lives as He commands time, as He reaches into time, and we can be incredibly assured by that. The truth is that you and I are temporary, at least in this body. Now, with a relationship with Christ, we will live forever, and His children will live forever forever. And that's the next point I want to make. And this is really important. The eternal nature of God means that you can live forever through faith in Christ. We know that God never stops. But here's the amazing truth, and that is His children will never stop living either. And the best part of that is we will be with God in heaven through a relationship with Christ. And that makes all of these fleeting troubles that distract us and cause us stress, they become tolerable because we have a purpose in life and that is to help others join us in heaven. And this is what it's going to be like in Revelation 21, 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And so this, this is your future. This is what you have to look forward to. And all of this temporary nonsense that you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis will someday fade away and it will be replaced with this kind of an existence with God in heaven. And at that time, Jesus will take center stage and we will see him for the first time. We will be able to touch him and we will be able to put our fingers in his scars and we will worship him and we will bask in the glow of his presence. And that's what you have to look forward to if you are a follower of Christ. It really reminds me of that old hymn, of the words to that hymn. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in His wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. That is... Good news. You can can turn your eyes away from all of the troubles of this world and you can focus them on something that lasts forever. Can you do that? Can, Can you take your eyes off of these fleeting troubles and can you turn your gaze toward Christ? It's so important that you understand the importance of that. Can you trade your sorrow and the things that have brought you into the pit for joy that only He can bring? You can do that. It can happen, but it happens when you come into relationship with Christ. It happens when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. When you believe that the Father sent His Son into the world in order to minister amongst us, in order to go voluntarily to the cross and die to pay the penalty for sin. It can happen when you repent of your own sin, when you take responsibility for your sin, and then you ask to be forgiven, and you tell Jesus that you want to follow him. And at that moment, then, this eternal future is yours, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that's good news for a hurting world. It's hard to find good news anywhere. But this certainly is good news. And and Moses meant this to be good news for Israel. And so, what did he tell them here? He told them, God is eternal. And he will always be. And he always has been. He told them that, Your life is but a breath. It's it's but a dream. It's but grass that withers away. So make sure you use it wisely. Don't waste it. Don't put your trouble into temporal treasure. And then we can also be assured that all of the hurtful things, the immoral things, it'll all fade away because God will one day send his son Jesus back into our world we will be caught up in the air with him and we will live forever with God and with Jesus and that's awesome and so the lord desires to give you hope just as moses desired to give israel hope and though right now in your life the chips might be down and the future the future for you might be uncertain and many times when you watch the news at night before you go to bed, it's downright scary. But here in Psalm 90, we find hope in an awesome God. We we find hope in a God that has always been, a God who will always be, a God who is outside of time but yet reaches into time to minister to his children, to shape future events. And so, you can take incredible joy in that, and your fleeting troubles, no matter how important they may seem, no matter how devastating they might be, can be overshadowed by God's eternal nature. And so I hope that's encouraging to you. I would like to spend just a moment praying for you, if I could, that this truth would seep into your soul. And God, I thank you for this beautiful flock at Ridgewood Church that have gathered here online, and I just pray that you would help each of us to really understand how beautiful this doctrine is and how life-changing it is. And I pray that you would help us to put that kind of context to our lives so that we can be working on the things that matter, the things that last. And as a church, we can be working on a mission that is an eternal mission— And not a mission just to make ourselves happy or comfortable, but that we would be about the business of reaching men, women, and children with the love of Jesus Christ. Because the truth is, God, is that everyone will live forever, either in hell or in heaven. And that brings an incredible urgency to our lives. And so help us to go out with boldness and courage and help us to be the witnesses the ambassadors that you've called us to be. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.